special about every Sunday. But if God ever lays a song on your heart, I hope and I pray that you follow the leadership to sing that song. Request for it to be sung. Whatever needs to be done in this service. As I've said before, this is the Lord's service. Even though oftentimes we have a proper order and mode that we go by. Sometimes I think it's good just to turn loose and let go. That's the way I want our service to be. I want to make a quick announcement. Uh, Sister Sarah Alande's school, we have a piggy bank downstairs that uh, we normally take up money throughout the year. And when they come in from ministry school, we'll make the donation to church will that it'll help support to fund the school. Uh, this year, I would fail to mention that. Uh, anyway, they're still uh, around here somewhat local uh, before they leave in June, and we want to make sure that the church knows that we're still taking up those donations. And uh, Sister Janet uh, made sure to, to take up those donations, get those to her, and, and we'll make sure that we get those to Sister Sarah. So I wanted to make that uh, aware to the church as far as uh, taking up those donations for Sister Sarah's school. Uh, so do keep that in mind. Uh, before we get started this morning, uh, won't you turn to your neighbor? And last time I said shake your neighbor, but uh, let's shake our neighbor's hand this morning. I want to ask you this morning, what if this was the last time you had the opportunity together like this? I want you to look around and I want you to think about it this morning. We'll probably never be gathered quite like this ever again. Now, I want you to imagine this morning, I... I I want to say this, uh, I felt in my heart this morning that, uh, and fall out with me if you want to over it, I guess, but this message that the Lord has laid on my heart this morning is just for this church. I've asked not to Facebook live. I've got a difference in an opinion about some of those things, but uh, this is what the Lord's laid on my heart this morning. I have struggled with this message all week. But more than likely, we'll probably never be gathered quite like this again. What are we willing to do to make sure that we get the most out of our worship service? I've said before that this service is not about me. It's not about you. But it's all about the Lord Jesus. And if I ever come this way and and try to preach any other thing 
I hope that you'll let me know. But this is all about Him. Now, I realize that when Jesus said, when the Son of Man be lifted up, that He'll draw all men unto Him, He was making a declaration there where He was lifted up before all the world. But also in the same sense this morning, we must still lift His name up before a lost and dying world. His name must be exalted. His name must be exalted before the world. We as His sheep, we as the people of God, as His elect, His body, His church, must still exalt His name. That is the responsibility of the church. For He declared there in Matthew 28, He said, All power is given unto me in earth as it is in heaven. And He commissioned the church that it might go out. And that it might teach and baptize in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. He told us to go out into all the world. But this morning as I began to uh, through the week, begin to think and ponder on some of the things that God has laid on my heart. I, I uh, have just a few uh, pieces of Scripture this morning. And if you know the worth of prayer, I do have an interest and a desire in your prayers. I want to say this morning that if you're here and lost and separated from God, we make a lot of times mention that this altar's always open. And I want to encourage you this morning that you seek the Lord. I desire that you might be saved. And I believe this church desires that you might be saved. But before you're ever going to get there, you've got to desire to be saved as well. You've got to want to be saved more than you've ever experienced or had anything else in your life. Jesus said, any man that loveth his mother, his brother, his sister more than me, he said, he's not worthy of me. You've got to be willing to cast everything else aside and look to Jesus and Jesus alone. And when you do that, and you fully surrender to His will, and you turn your life to Him and trust in Him completely, He'll save your soul. You say, well, preacher, I've been time and I've been time and I've been time and I've not heard anything. I I don't feel like I'm getting anywhere. My friend, something's holding you back. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. But you've got to be willing to trust in Him completely. Began to think about this message and last week we tried to preach on Lord, search me. Search my heart. Try me, O God. See if there be any wicked way in me. And Lord, if it is, help me get it out of the way and lead me in the way of everlasting. As what David declared there in Psalms 139. Lead me in Thy way, Lord. In the way of everlasting. Let me trust in You, God. Show me the way. And how often as we as God's people are we sitting back saying, Lord, I'm not sure of the way, but show me thy way, Lord. What step is it that I need to go? As he declared there in Proverbs, he said, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, 
And lean not unto thine own understanding. But acknowledge Him in all thy ways. Lord, show me thy way. Help me to trust in you. So this morning, as we think of the Lord's church, as the week went on, I began to think about the Lord's church. I become concerned as I thought about what she might look like in 15, 20, 30, 40, 50 years. What examples are we setting? What is the value of the church in your heart? What is she worth? In Proverbs, we can find the Scripture says to buy the truth and to sell it not. What is it worth to you? What value does it hold in your life? Has the church been a great blessing to you? Has she helped you and upheld you? Has she been a mother to you? That's what she's been to me. She's been a mother to me throughout my years. She's brought me up as a child. The Scripture says to train up a child in the way that he should go, that when he is old, he'll not depart from it. To train up a child. That's what the old church has been to me. She's been a help to me. So pray for us this morning as we try to get into our text. 1 John, we want to take for a reading lesson. 1 John. I need to say just a few more words before we get into our text this morning. The first sermon that I ever preached here is your pastor. I preached what Paul declared there in 1 Corinthians. He said, I've come not with you or to you with excellency of speech. But he said, I come knowing one thing. And that's Christ Jesus and Him crucified. He said, I've not come this way declaring to know anything except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. He said, that I know and am sure of. And my friend this morning, that's exactly how I feel about the matter. I've not come here, uh, uh, for, and we'll get into our text later on, for vainglory. I've not come here uh, that I might be exalted and lifted up above everyone else. That's not my desire this morning. And neither should it be any of the children of God. But I've come here to preach Jesus Christ and Him crucified to a lost and dying world that they might hear and be saved. That's why I've come. I want lost people to be saved. When Paul told Timothy, he told him to do the work of an evangelist. What was he telling him? He said, preach to them. Tell them about Jesus that they might be saved. He said, there's going to come a time. What did Paul tell him? He said, tell them. He said, preach to them. He said, reprove and rebuke with all long suffering. He said, there will come a time when they'll have it at your ears and they'll not want to listen to sound doctrine. 
He said, but preach to them and tell them the truth. You suppose sometimes the truth hurts, doesn't it? It hurts me. So this morning, what is your reflection of how you want to see the church in the upcoming years? When I think about the Lord might return, time is certainly drawing near. I don't know uh, when the Lord will return, but I'll say this, that He told them that it'd be like in the days of Noah. My friends, certainly uh, we're living in a day and time where uh, it's certainly just as bad, if not worse, as it was in the days of Noah. And my friend, I don't know when He's coming back, but I'll hold true to His promise. that He said, God is not slacking concerning His promise. My friend, when He declares that He's coming back, He's coming back. Now, I don't know if that's going to be another thousand years. Or I don't know if that's going to be another year. I don't know when that's going to be. But I can tell you now that He is going to return. My friend, every man, boy, woman, child will stand before Him in the judgment and they will give an account. So be ready. He said He'll separate His sheep and His goats. I'll get on into my text. First John. He says, that which was from the beginning, which have heard, which have seen with our eyes, which have looked upon, and our hands have handled the word of life. This is First John in the first chapter, in the first verse. For the life was manifested that we have seen it, and bear witness, and shew unto you that eternal life, which was with the Father, and was manifested unto us, that which we have seen and heard, declare we unto you that ye also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. And these things write we unto you, that your joy may be full. This then is the message which we have heard of Him, and declare unto you that God is light, and in Him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with Him, and walk in darkness, we lie. And do not the truth. But if we walk in the light, as He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ His Son cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And if we say we have not sinned, we make Him a liar, and His Word is not in us. I want to take for the rest of our reading in Galatians in the 5th chapter, if we'll go over here, Galatians in the 5th chapter, Galatians in the 5th chapter and the 19th verse. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lavicatness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, 
variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envying, murder, drunkenness, reviling, and such a like of these which I tell you before that I have also told you in time past that ye which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. But he says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, and such things there is no law. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the afflictions and the lust. And we that live in the Spirit, let us walk in the Spirit. Let us not be desirous of flame glory, provoking one another and envying one another. I want to say this this morning. Uh, there's, I don't know of any pastor or really any preacher uh, that gets a lot of gratification out of preaching on things uh, such as nature, but I want you to know I have uh, dealt with this. I have prayed about this matter. I have searched it over this morning, and I feel like this is what God's laid on my heart. A lot of times, uh, uh, Jessica, she's asked me, she'll say, well, uh, are we going to get one of them good uplifting sermons this week? And I'll say, honey, I don't know. We'll just have to see what Lord lays on her heart. And, and boy, I tell you, I wish every Sunday I could come in and just preach something that would just stir everybody up. But sometimes that just ain't what God lays on her heart. Sometimes that ain't just what God lays on her heart. You say, well, preacher, you preached about sin last week. Well, it's still on her mind this week. John declares there, John the Revelator, he was an apostle of the Lord, and he declares he had gained much wisdom. And if you'll remember, he was the son of Zebedee, also called uh, uh, the sons of thunder, him and his brother were, because they wanted to be just as Elijah would, that God would rain down fire there on Samaria, and that God would destroy that place. But yet through all of that aspect, God was teaching John... The aspect of love. He was teaching him what love really was. He was telling him and teaching him. And if you'll remember, John was the only apostle that we have recorded uh, that was not martyred unto death. But yet he was uh, sent there to Patmos, the island there of Patmos. Uh, we know that history tells us that he was cast into a, a boiling uh, 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 kind of a pot kind of deal there of boiling oil. And we know then that he was still suffering within the flesh. But as far as history is recorded, he died of natural causes. But God had taught him the aspect of love. He declares that God is love. That's what he says. But rather, he is speaking here in John, and he tells them, he says, I have seen Him, I've experienced Him, I've touched Him, I've been in His presence. And that's the reason why He said, my word is true. As you go on and read about His gospel account, He said, I can testify these things because I've seen them and I've experienced them. He said, I know these things to be true. I've been there. But listen to what he says. He says, They, he says, that which we have seen and heard declare unto you that ye also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship was with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. 
And these things write we unto you that your joy may be full. My friend, this morning, church, is your joy full? Is your joy full? It goes beyond uh, coming to church service and, and coming to Sunday school. It goes beyond coming to the 11 o'clock hour or occasionally showing up. It comes beyond all of those matters. It goes throughout the week. And my friend, trying to live a life that's according to the will of God, uh, trying to live a life that He would be pleased with. Certainly this morning, I want you to know and understand that none of us, as James, uh, John declares, he says, all of us have sinned. And he says, if you say that you don't, he said, you're a liar and the truth is not in you. So what kind of sin can we live above? The kind of sin that brings reproach upon the Lord's church. Let us live a life that we don't bring a reproach upon the Lord's church. Y'all are looking at me like I'm crazy this morning. What's this cause worth to us? Lord, get me out of the way. Lord, remove me. Get myself out of the way that Your presence might manifest in this building. That sinners might be convicted. You know what revival's about? First of all, you put forth the effort to have revival. Then you sit back and say, Lord, search my heart. If there be any wicked way in me, God, help me to remove it. Lord, get me out of the way that I can serve You and point sinners to Your Son, Jesus. Revival starts with the church. Lord, get us in a place to where we can serve You. He says, He said that you might have fellowship. He says that your joy may be full. Is your joy full this morning? What's standing in our way? Is there something in our way? Is there some kind of sin, uh, listen, that's in our life that's hindering us? Uh, listen, uh, maybe it might be something that you... Uh, I'm just going... Is there some kind of alt that you got against your brother that's hindering you from serving the Lord? Is there something that's standing in your way to fully get into the place that your joy might be full? John says, I want you to have fellowship with the Father and with one another. Now, let us be careful on how we judge one another. It sure is easy to point fingers at you. know what the problem about pointing a finger is? When you point a finger, you've got three more pointing back at you. It's easy to sit back and say, 
this person and this person and this person and that and this and this and that. You know what God's really concerned about? Is you. You say, preacher, my joy ain't full. How often do we get down to the place to where we get to business with God? I mean, really get down to business. Is your fellowship with God where you desire it to be? Or could it be better? Mine can be better. I want my joy to be full. You know what Paul said? He said we war and strive not against flesh and blood. He said, but we battle against those principalities uh, that are on high. We battle against Satan. My, my war, my battle is not with you, but it's with Satan that he desires to sift us as wheat. Listen, he knows that he can't have my soul. But my friend, he wants me to get to a place, and I'm speaking about from a preacher. Do you know what he desires from me? He wants to get a preacher to a place to where he don't even want to preach anymore. You say, boy, that's a hard saying. Folks, I'm being honest with you. He wants to hurt me. He wants to destroy me. He wants me to get to a place to where I say, boy, I don't even want to do it anymore. Maybe this morning y'all can't relate to that. Let me tell you something this morning. I don't mean to hurt your feelings, but I mean to be honest with you. This right here is one of the hardest jobs I've ever had. And if you think it's easy, bless your heart, give her a whirl. I say that not in a serious matter. If you ain't been called, don't give it a whirl. Uh, it ain't going to work out real far. For you. It's hard. But He desires to sift you as wheat. But listen to what John says. He wants your joy to be full. He says, This is the message we have heard of Him and declaring to you that God is light and in Him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with Him and walk in darkness, we lie and the truth, He says, and do not the truth. But if we walk in light as He is the light, we have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, His Son cleanses us from all sin. Remember that song we were singing earlier, Brother Strode? I was just sitting back here with a grin, and I thought, boy, that song just goes right along with the message that's on my heart today. We are one. You know what my prayer is for this church every time I go down on my knees and pray? Lord, help us to be a unified Help us, Lord, to be unified. When we come through those doors, I want Satan to say, Man, there's power there! I want him to flee from this place! I want him to be gone! 
I want there to be power from on high here. That when He sees us praying and unified in one accord, He says, I've got to flee. Because He can't be here. Listen to me this morning. I may do some hard preaching, but that don't mean I don't love you. And if I didn't love you, I wouldn't try to preach this. This is what God put on my heart. So what is it that's standing in our way? I've told you before, it's hard sometimes for me not to get discouraged. My friend, this morning, it's not even a point that I'm discouraged. It's a point that I feel like there's something holding us back here. And I don't know what it is. As a pastor, a lot of times I try to sit back and I try to say, Lord, show me that I might help fix this situation. And you know what the answer I always get is? You step aside. Let me... When God fixes it, it'll be fixed right. I can't fix nothing on my own, but God can. Let me ask you something this morning. Do we need some fixing? Do we need some working on? I do. I do. You want to know why? Because I want us to be in fellowship. I had somebody tell me this other day. They said, Brother Cole, such a large church, it'd be hard for them to all be in one accord. That's what they told us. I remembered what was said there in the upper room. You know how many was gathered together? 119 of them. 119 of them were gathered together in the upper room. You know what the Bible says? They were in one accord with them. 119 of them was in one accord with one another, and the church grew and it prospered. 3,000 souls were saved and added to the church. Let me ask you this. You believe we still serve a God that's able to save 3,000 souls in one day? I'm glad we all still believe that. Folks, He can do it. So I want to talk to you a little bit this morning. There's two different spirits we can serve. Which spirit are you allowed to manifest in your life? Listen to what Paul says here in Galatians. He says, now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. Adultery, fornication, Uncleanness, lavicateness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, 
strife, seditions, heresies, envying, murder, drunkenness, reviling, and such of like, of which I tell you before, as I also told you in time past, that ye which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. I believe the scripture teaches me that the Lord said in the fifth chapter of Matthew that the peacemakers shall inherit the kingdom of God. When we think about church letters and sending letters of recommendation, recommending on a particular person as far as what their character is, You know basically what that church is doing is they're recommending that person to go to their church. And they want to know about their character. They're saying, is this person a troublemaker or are they a peacemaker? Certainly, every child of God should be a peacemaker. That's what Jesus said. Listen to what he said, the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit is. He said, the fruit of the Spirit, he said, starts off with love. To love one another. He said, it's joy. If you're down in a place where you can't feel the Spirit of God, is the joy of God really there? Or do you have to get like David was there in Psalms in 51? And after you prayed, he said the joy of his salvation had been returned unto him. He said his peace and long-suffering, gentleness, goodness and faith, meekness, temperance, against such there is no law. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the afflictions and the lust. Church, each and every morning, I told Brother Strode this, and we talked about this a little bit Wednesday night. We talked about this Wednesday night. Every morning I try to wake up and I say, Lord, would you help me to do better today than I did yesterday? Lord, show me the errors of my way. God, help me to be a help to somebody. My concern is, is the direction that the church. There's sin all around us. But help us, God, to live our life in such a way that I don't bring a reproach upon this body. When I first come to this church, I told you I was going to come here with that excellency of speech. I want you to know I've tried to be upfront and absolutely honest with every aspect. I wanted to be transparent with this church. I don't have anything to hide in my life. There's nothing to hide. I'm not saying look at me. There ain't nothing good about me but what God has done for me. But my life's an open book. You want to know, ask me. I've not tried to hide a thing. And I'm not going to. When I told you that I'd take this church, I said I'd be a working pastor. 
And if something changed my heart on the matter, I'd follow the Lord. I want you to know, church, that me missing Sundays is hard on me. I know some of you probably don't agree with it. But I want you to know I don't like it neither. You say, well, preacher, why don't you change it? Folks, I'm praying about it. When I'm not here on a Sunday, I try to find somebody to fill my pulpit. Not my pulpit, excuse me. To fill the pulpit. But I want you to know I've not tried to hide nothing. I also want you to know that I've never, ever, I love everybody in this church. I mean that. I mean that since the sincerity of my heart. I love you. And I appreciate everything you've ever tried to do. I don't know the future. And I don't know where God's going to lead. All I'm doing right now is trusting in Him. And where that goes tomorrow or three weeks or five months from now, I don't know. But all I know is right now I'm trusting in Him. I don't have nothing to hide. As far as I'm concerned, with an exception of a vacation I'm taking in May, uh, there'll be uh, maybe... Uh, four more Sundays this year that I won't be here. And I'll have somebody fill the pool. But I want to say this. Nothing I have ever done have I ever wanted to hurt the Lord's cause. I love the old church. I love what she stands for. And if I didn't believe in this way, I can tell you I wouldn't be here today. But I love God's church. And I love what she stands for. She's a city. She's a light. It shines out in a dark world. My friend, let us tell people about God. Let us walk in the fruit of the Spirit in love and joy and peace with one another. Let us love and fellowship one another. We expect to fellowship other churches, my friend, fellowship each other. When we think of, listen, if every other church around us went away, bless your heart, I hope they don't. But this church right here, this church right here is what really matters to me. This, all of God's churches matter. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying. But this body right here, this church, this church is a city, a light that's set on a hill that cannot be here. It's shining out in this community. I feel like I've rambled all night. I love you. I love you with the sincerity of my heart. And there's never come a time I have ever wanted to hurt this church. Never. And I'm going to tell you this. And this sermon ain't about me. 
there ever comes a time to where I feel like I'm hurting this church, I promise you, I'll leave. I'll leave before I hurt this church. This church, the Lord's cause, His church, His body, means more to me than my sake. I'll tell you this. Too many of us get to a place to where we say, boy, my feelings is hurt. My feelings is hurt. It ain't about me. It ain't about you. It's all about you. It's all about you. Brother Stroh, that's our message. If I've offended you in what I've said, I sincerely apologize. But I felt the need to speak what God's laid on my heart.